Indiana Runner Podcast Season 2, Episode 1. We're doing a girls' season preview with Josh Horowitz. Looking to bring you a lot more content this school year. Hope you enjoy it. All right, I'm here with uh, my friend, my coach, and uh, former athlete of mine, Josh Horowitz. Uh, we're going to talk down the top 50 teams from our Indiana Runner preseason uh, rankings, a, a lengthy document that I made over the course of the summer. Uh, we're going to do them in, in pods of 10, and then Josh and I each have a team to go over. This is an exciting time. It's the first week of official practice. Josh, you coach at uh, Bloomington South. I coach at Carmel, so we've had four, five, six practices now. How's how the first week been going for you? It, it's been a good week. Uh, just getting some good, solid workouts in. It's been great to see everyone at practice. Um, you know, we saw a lot of people during the summer, and it's just really great to see the entire team together as one. So definitely a good start. Um, we're excited for the first meet coming up. Yeah, just next week, it seems crazy. Uh, we went and had a time trial. Like, like I said, I coached the boys at Carmel. Um, so anything I say about Carmel on these boys or girls, take that with a grain of salt. Uh, there's my disclaimer. Yeah. Uh, we, we went, we went to Laverne last week or yesterday, I guess it was on, on Saturday and ran on the course. We couldn't take everybody still have, you know, some, some COVID, uh, restrictions. So we took about 25 boys and, and ran on it and we'll be back next week. And we'll see you out there. I call it the early, early meet. I don't know what the official name is on. On the, 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 valley, the valley twilight or something the uh, valley twilight's the later i think it's like early oh. valley meet or something yeah early yeah. bird maybe um Terre Haute south they do a great job man their ad ed jarvis he just he does an awesome job hosting those meets their coaches do a good job Terre Haute north does a good job on the meets that, that they host as well and i think even even you guys have hosted some right on, it, it was uh, I think it was Bloomington North that actually hosted the ones at Laverne in the past. Okay, but they, the, they, yeah, the conference meet or whatever. The, yeah, the we're we are so lucky to have that course in in our state and essentially within driving distance of just about any place um, for for one day. I, I suppose if you live in Angola, that might be a four hour drive. That might be that might be testing the one day. That, driving. That's a far one. Um, but yeah, Phil feel good about it, feel excited, started thinking about, okay, who are we going to run in that meet? Uh, you got to have 10 practices in, and we've actually, we will only have met for nine days with most of our guys. So we're only going to have out of 120 guys, we're only going to have about 10 or 11 that are eligible, and we'll run them um, in that. So I'll be excited to see you. Let's uh, let's get started, Josh. Here are our, our first, our pods of 10. Number 50, Fort Wayne Dwenger, 49, Seeger. Seager's an interesting team. Very nearly made the state meet last year, a very small school. Number 48, Bar Reeve. Number 47, South Knox. Number 46, Seymour. Number 45, Rochester, the Zebras. Maybe the best name in Indiana. That's a great one. I didn't realize that. Yeah, we could talk about that one. Uh, Number 44, Jasper. Number 43, Lawrence North. Number 42, this is our first projected state meet team, Terre Haute South. The projected sixth in the Brown County semi-state and number 41 Pike. So you and I have each picked uh, one team to talk about. And what would it be if I didn't immediately break the own rules 
my own rules, the ones that I set out. On the first one, I've got two teams, uh, Bar Reeve and South Knox. They're right next to each other in our preseason rankings. They are, uh, I assume they're rivals. I don't know a ton about small, small, tiny schools in Southern Indiana. One of our assistant, former assistant coaches at Carmel, uh, Damon Pruitt, his sister is the best runner at Bar Reeve. So I guess I kind of have a very, very small interest in that. Uh, maybe keep close, closer tabs on Bar Reeve than kind of any other school in the state, um, smaller school. You've got some stats on some of these teams. You want to get into that? Yeah. So for, for Bar Reeve and South Knox, here are their uh, chances of making the state meet per INCC stats. And they're both in Brown County semi-state, correct? Yes. And so Bar Reeve is given right now 4% and South Knox is 4.9. So 5%. Um, and I'm sure you have more kind of on what, what those percentages kind of entail and where they sit. So, yeah, I mean, 4.9, 4%, those are actually, those are pretty low. And at a school like Bar Reeve or, or South Knox, and this is like 250 kids, right? Um, you know, there, there are fewer kids in the entire high school than there are on the cross country teams at Carmel. And so they may be scoring potentially a, a girl that could finish in the very, very back of the Brown County semi-state. You score a girl that finishes in 24 minutes and she scores 150 points, 100 and uh, we can't score 150 points because it's seven for 20 teams, but scores 135 points. But they also could, you know, if, if one of their best girls has a sister that's two years younger that we don't know about, that could make a big, big difference. Um, these are schools that have been close to the state meet in the past, but are more likely kind of eighth, ninth, tenth in the semi-state. And sometimes there's just a huge gap between those two. They've had a rivalry really the last couple of years. And, and I, it's, it's interesting to me that have gone back and forth in the sectional and the regional and finished close in the semi-state. So I, and, and like I said, neither one have ever made the state meet. Um, and I think your team is another Brown County semi-state team. That's, that's a little bit different. Yeah, What's your so team? So the team I picked from this group is Seymour, uh, number 46 on the IR preseason top 50. Another, another good nickname, the Owls. The Owls. The Owls are a very good one. So there you have in Brown County, uh, the number eight team. INCC stats gives them a 19.2% chance to make the state meet. And here's where Seymour, uh, this, this is why I like them and I wanted to pick them as the team to talk about. They have all seven back from last year's semi-state team. So they will have experience as a fringe state meet birth contender. Um, and then uh, Kinsley Folsom, who is 34th in the semi-state as a sophomore, is back. Um, and then you brought this up on the preview, but did we ever figure out if Brooke Trinkle is going to be running cross country? Because she won the 1600 at regional uh, this past track season and was 14th at the state meet, but has not run a cross country season yet. Someone said she plays soccer, which I, I kind of assume if you're that good of a distance runner, but you haven't been on the um, cross country team that you probably play soccer. Right. And I, I don't know if I ended up replying to this or if I just kind of replied to it mentally and didn't actually type it out, but like, she's a total game changer if she does run. And, and that, what'd you say it was like 19% or something? Yeah, 19.2%. But that's probably, if they can get her to run 
and she can fulfill all the requirements and jump through all of the hoops that the IHSA requires dual sport athletes to do to be eligible to run in the tournament, um, that's going to, that's going to at least double. Uh, so I, you know, for, for her sake, for Seymour's sake, I, I hope maybe they can figure that out, but it's also, it's a tough, it's a tough thing to do to be able to do both of those things. But I mean, she could probably, I would imagine just even do soccer training and find a way to run in the meets. The most of the yeah. meets are on Saturdays and the soccer games are during the week. And right. if they can figure out a way to, to get her to her 10 practices, whatever that entitles, um, get to soccer. And if, if they could add her, that would be, that would be huge. I think in our rankings, Bar Reef, South Knox, Seymour are 48, 47, and 46. And Seymour's chances, even without Brooke Trinkle, are four times higher. And that's just, that's depth, right? Probably 1,200 kids go to Seymour. Um, there's, there's might be six or seven times more kids at Seymour than there are at those other schools. And when they run through 25,000 simulations of the tournament, in some of those, some of your kids run really, really poorly because that's, that's a possibility we need to acknowledge. And if your sixth runner isn't that far back from your fourth and fifth, um, that that helps you out over the lifetime of, again, twenty thousand simulations or or whatever they do. And so that yeah, that if like and that's what I have written down for like the final thought is that if they, they're a difference maker away from being in the state meet, pretty much, you know, they're they're very close behind on ICC sets the sixth best team in Brown County, which is Terre Haute South. Um, so they're one difference maker away. Right. And, and on the, on the girls and the boys side, but especially doing our girls preview. Now we need to acknowledge that like these uh, stats and they come from INCC stats, these percentage chances are based on what we know now, but what we don't know right now are uh, what, what incoming freshmen are going to come in. And sometimes at some of the bigger schools, we can look through the Hamilton County uh, middle school results. We can look through the girls and boys uh, middle school state meet results. Although last year it was pretty sporadic. I mean, they, there wasn't everybody going to the state meet, the middle school state meet, and it was the same day as the Hamilton County and the Marion County meet. So the best kids weren't really there, but that's the great unknown that if, you know, you can get two uh, your two best runners could be freshmen and you could go from 19% chance to make it to like 80 right. or 90%. And we'll get into maybe some teams that yeah. had that happen to them. So everyone year. take that into consideration when we say the percentages for making right. state or when we get to being podium. Contested. Right. And we're six, we're six days away probably or seven days away from the first major update on INCC stats. And they're going to throw out those uh, updated rankings. And for the first three weeks, they're, they're totally scattershot because uh, the first week is not accurate. Anyways, there's not enough data on it. So it's, it's not uncommon, even on the boys side, but certainly on the girls side for an athlete to get a freshman uh, to get one race and be like 14th in the state. And that, you know, by the end of this, by the end of the season, or even by the early September, it's like, nah, they're probably more like the 113th best kid, not the 13th best. Let's go to our next pot of 10. Number 40, Harrison and West Lafayette. Number 39, West Lafayette. So right next to each other, just like uh, Bar Reeve and South Knox. Number 38, Plainfield. Number 37, New Palestine. Number 36, with a new coach this year, Westfield. 
And then two other schools right next to each other, number 35, Avon, number 34, Brownsburg, number 33, Garen, number 32, Chatard, and number 31, Crown Point. Okay, my team I want to talk about, uh, and I kind of acknowledge some of my biases in terms of Carmel. Uh, I got a bias on this team as well. Garen. What do you know about Garen, Josh? What, what do the stats tell us? I know that they are in uh, the toughest semi-state in our state, um, but the, that being the Shelbyville semi-state. And, and the toughest uh, regional. And the toughest regional. So INCC stats gives them a 2.7% chance to make state. And I guess I could have checked to see their advancement to semi-state percentages, um, which I have for you right here, 12.7% to get to semi-state even. So they, the, the numbers are not for them right now. So here's what interests me about Garen, and I wrote this in our preview, and Garen's coach is, is a former Carmel assistant, and he's a friend of mine. Um, so I, you know, I have an inside look at the team and, and did so on their boys' team last year, but it seems like the boys had a – culture change and really turned the corner and went from a team that probably had like a 10% chance to make the state meet to eventually a hundred percent chance. Cause they made it. Um, I, it's easier to do that on the boys side. Boys are more likely to progress at a predictable rate than girls are. And boys teams are less competing. Boys teams are less likely to add in a freshman or two that could knock you backward. Um, I don't know. I don't think that Garen is necessarily getting in like a difference making freshman um, or two. I, I could be wrong, but I just I wonder if at a school that size where the programs are connected. Where they practice together, where the boys coach and the girls coach really work together, not just like, hey, we're friends. And we might go out for a sandwich after the meet and talk, but like we're doing the same stuff. We're doing the same workouts. We're working on our training plans together. I just wonder if there's a there's a chance of a similar renaissance with the Garen girls. Um, they've got a good start. Bridget Gallagher was 13th or 14th last year at the state meet. So they've got that front runner. And if the rest of their girls can maybe be a minute improved uh, on the season two through five on INCC stats, I mean, that's a tall ask. I understand that. But if they can do that, that maybe they put themselves right in there to score 180 or 200 points if they can make it out of the regional and then and then to make it to the state meet. And maybe like like I said, this is we're, this is a relationship game, right? Like we're all connected. You coach at a different school, but we've known each other. I've known you since you were 15 or 16. Um, you know, we talk about our teams together. We're we're sharing information, we're sharing advice. It's the same thing that I've got that connection to Garen. And so maybe I'm just such a Garen goon that, that I'm, I'm, this is me being hopeful. Well, and the boys team from last year is worth mentioning in the, the group with why the percentages say that they're low and why they can go up. Because right, and there's, like, there's, yeah. there's a connection between them, right? I mean, there's shared, there's shared coaches, there's shared siblings, the boys and the girls hang out together, you know, a, a, a girl might, her boyfriend might've been on the team and seeing that kind of success is that can be contagious. Um, and, and so if they can get in a really, really good summer, they had a, they had a good track season and they've got a great start with, with Bridget Gallagher. So 
I think that's just, it's somebody to keep an eye on. Um, but right under them is Shatard, and that's, they're in a very, very similar situation. Mm. But that's not my team. Who's, who's your right. team in the, uh, that pod of 10? Yeah, so in this pod, uh, I'm, I went with Crown Point, and they're 31 in our preseason rankings. Uh, they're New Prairie number seven. INCC Stats has them at 43% to make the state meet. So it, which is a very high percentage for a team ranked this low or relatively low in this overall state rankings. Uh, but they have six back from a ninth place semi-state team. And then they have a new coach coming in and they're a team that they've only had two state appearances in the last nine years. So definitely a change coming that way. And I, I thought you'd like this. So I, I saw this, they, I knew they were at uh, McCormick's Creek for their team camp this past week. And if I've learned anything about this, about cross country in Indiana, it's that McCormick's Creek team camps breed postseason success. My junior and senior year, I was at McCormick's Creek for team camp and we won state both of those years. And then before this year, the previous three years that I was coaching a team camp at McCormick's Creek, we were, so I, I like Crown Point's chances. <laughs> Shout out McCormick's Creek. And then, yeah, like you, they mentioned, you mentioned they got a new coach. He was the coach at Highland, um, which is a smaller school, obviously had success there with Lucas Gary, he coached the boys and the girls there. And he, there's, there's value in continuity and there's value in having the same coach for a long time and, and the athletes knowing what to expect and kind of progressing through four years and the coach knowing stuff about each of them as individuals and what helps them. But there's, there's also value in a new coach and new energy and uh, not maybe not necessarily being super comfortable in a sport. That's limiting factor is being able to maximize your discomfort. That's definitely a, a team to keep, to keep our eye on. And I mean, we can acknowledge it that the, the new Prairie semi-state is, is not, as strong as it would have been 20 or 25 years ago. Um, and so that, that opens the door for a team that's maybe not one of the 25 or 30 best teams in the state to, to give themselves a chance to make the state meet. Let's get to our next pot of 10. Number 30, Batesville. Number 29, Leo. Number 28, Franklin, a team that made the state meet last year. Number 27, our next kind of state meet uh, qualifier projected that is Lowell at the six at New Prairie number 26 a team I'm very fond of Huntington North number 25 Northridge number 24 this is our first team projected out of the New Haven semi-state and that is Fort Wayne Concordia number 23 Wheeler they made the state meet last year number 22 uh, an enigma coming into this year and that is Burbuff and number 21 Warsaw my team is Concordia. I grew up very close to there. Um, my friend at one point was the boys coach at Concordia. Brad Peterson, who you and I talk about in all of your podcasts at some point, was a former coach at Concordia. Their boys have won the state meet um, in the last couple of years, and uh, the girls have, have been a state meet staple. What do you know about what, what are the stats? What do the advanced numbers say about their chances this year? So I, INCC stats gives them um, a 31% chance to make state, but that, they have them at the number for nine team coming out of New Haven. Um, not, they're 98% to make semi-state, so no problem to get there, but the numbers say it's a battle to make the state meet. 
That's interesting because I would have thought that's a very tough regional. That's probably the second toughest regional, although maybe that's more recent than historical, right? It's that West Noble regional is tough to make it up. And it may be more so on the boys' side. And it could be that uh, Carroll and Homestead have been very, very tough in recent years. Maybe they're not quite as good this year on the girls' side. Carroll certainly is going to take a step or a step and a half back of, I mean, They've been a state meet contender for the last four or five years. Um, but Concordia, they must just get kind of a coaching or tradition bump. If you said they're number nine on INCC stats, but they're number six for, for us, for Indiana runner. I just, I just think they're solid. They, they run really well in the tournament. Um, they, they've got a shared coach. They've got a shared culture, a shared tradition, or at least a recent tradition. Um, they're really not that recent. I mean, they've been really, really good for the last 20 years here. I just, I like Concordia's chances to get out. Who's your team yeah. in that, so that I, group of 10? So I have Warsaw, who's number 21, who is a really interesting team in a bunch of ways. So they're uh, New Prairie, number four in ours, on our rankings, but they're actually number seven in New Prairie on INCC stats. Uh, stats gives them a 50% chance right now to make state. So they have, they're returning six from a fourth place semi-state team last year, which if you couldn't already tell, one of the things I like to pick out on some of these teams is returning experience, returning numbers, because I think that's a big thing for um, success in a, in a next year. Obviously, those people have to come back and run during the summer and be there, but it's a, it's a good start. Um, the thing about Warsaw, their track season showed a lot of promise for this upcoming season. Their uh, four by eight placed second at the state meet, from the slow heat, I should mention, which was an awesome race. Anyone was, who was there watching could tell that they were far and away um, probably going to medal, and, and then they ended up getting second. So, and their team actually, though, that has another athlete without XC seasons, uh, Josefina Rostrelli, I believe is her name. Uh, she was a 1600 finalist at state. So, again, they're another. And on the four by eight. And ran on the four bite. So an, another team that could have a potential difference maker in a team that could be fighting for a state meet spot. So I don't, I don't have any inside information on this, but I think we talked about Brooke Trinkle from Seymour and now Restrelli from Warsaw. I, I don't even know what I'm basing this off of because it's not like I haven't really talked to Pete, who's their coach, or uh, Matt used to, Campbell used to be their coach. I'm not entirely sure who the girls' coach is now. Um, but I, I just get the feeling that she's pretty likely to run cross country. And if she's also doing soccer or whatever, I just think she's going to run. And so Burbuff is a, in a similar position that like, they've got a, they've got a girl who could be really, really good. I mean, we're talking like potential all state level with uh, Madeline Keller from Burbuff or maybe even Rastrelli from Warsaw that if they, if they run, that that vaults the team from wherever they are on INCC stats to way higher. And I think with a lot of those teams, I just split the difference. Now with Burbuff, I think Keller is an INCC stats, even though she didn't run last year and she didn't run in the track season. Um, I think that she'll run this season. I'm hearing that she is going to run, but that's, so I kind of have the difference there that I think INCC stats has Warsaw like in the thirties and I put them in the, more like the low 20s but if if all of the girls run and they get in a good summer and I, I think that is the case they're probably more like 12th 13th 15th 
And, and so my final like thought and take for Warsaw was that they have a lot of depth coming in in a weaker semi-state and a possible front runner that's not even that didn't even run last year. That equals a state meet berth. In a big school in Warsaw. And it, it just a really kind of well-off area, uh, a commitment to excellence in academics and athletics. I mean, that's a school that 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 can have a, a consistently qualifying state meet team um and and they have they have recently and I, I i agree with you i see that i see that continuing which is why you know our committee put them at 21st yeah. let's get into our our next 10 and then uh we'll take a break right now on 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 ir on on indianarunner.com we have the um we're up to the top six or top top five rather we got six through 50 ranked so we won't uh, spoil the we won't spoil the order of those last ones as we get yeah. this podcast yeah. up hopefully on a on a Sunday night. Um, but we are going to talk about just kind of what we consider to be podium contenders. So we won't get into the top ten rankings, but we'll go eleven through twenty here, or rather twenty through eleven. Number twenty, Lake Central. Number nineteen. This is not my team, but they're very interesting. Number nineteen, Park Tudor. Number eighteen, Penn. Number seventeen, Center Grove. Number 16, Bloomington South. Number 15, Fishers. Number 14, Fort Wayne Homestead. Number 13, Floyd Central. Number 12, Bloomington North. And number 11, who we're also going to talk about in our podium contenders, North Central. So neither of us chose North Central as our team because we are going to talk about them a little more in depth in the podium contenders. My team, number 13, the one I want to talk about, Floyd Central. What can you tell me about the Highlanders? Another good nickname. Well, so first of all, I can tell you they were also at McCormick's Creek when we were there this year. So note that one down. The Josh but, Horowitz McCormick's Creek theory. <laughs> I, I'm following this all season. <laughs> we'll, we'll figure out all the other teams that were there too. But uh, Floyd Columbus Central, North boys went, and girls went there for years. Yeah. And they were good. Yeah. Uh, but Floyd Central girls have a 99% chance to make it out of the Brown County semi-state per INCC stats. So the numbers are very in their favor. So this is this is the opposite of the Lloyd Christmas group. They're they're in the so you're telling me there's not a chance. Yes. <laughs> Correct. So what it, what intrigues me about Floyd Central is they're they're always good. And you said they had a 99% chance to make the state meet. Floyd Central in the 90s won four years in a row. Um, which to me is crazy <laughs> that one school won four years in a row and it wasn't necessarily a huge school. Now in the late eighties, early nineties, there were a lot of, or any mega schools. Uh, I, I thought they were very likely to make the state meet. And then you said 99% chance. So I, I would say, yeah, they're going to make it. And they've made it. I'm looking at it here. Six, seven, eight. They made it eight years in a row, and they've always been kind of like eighth to twelfth. Last year, I thought they had a chance to medal. Uh, their top three girls are back from that. They, their, their top three finished 24th, 39th, and 61st at the state meet. That's a good start. Um, and their other two scorers graduated. They were seventh last year. So I, I don't have them as a podium contender. Do you have that pulled up? Can you tell me what's the percentage chance to finish in the top five? Uh, top five percentage is 
Okay, so that's actually higher than I than I would have thought. Um, and then we'll get into the other teams with the that we consider to be more serious podium contenders. Probably a good cutoff might be twenty percent yeah. on that. And this is, of course, we we don't have a great idea of what these teams have coming in, other than we might be able to look if someone's got a star that finished really high at the middle school state meet at the Brown County junior high meet, or maybe the Hamilton County junior high meet. Right. But I just, yeah, I think Floyd is interesting to me. Uh, for some reason, we seem to go to a lot of the same meets, Carmel and Floyd, um, maybe less so now that we don't go to that one in, in Louisville, um, which is just, you know, it's a 20 minute drive for Floyd Central. And then Jaden Cervincioni, who's their best runner. She was, uh, she was all state last year. She's run in three state meets. She's improved pretty, pretty significantly over the last two years. And it wasn't like, sometimes you see this, uh, a, a girl who's good just has a really great state meet and just kind of goes out and, and pops one. And then in the track season is just middle of the road and doesn't make it out of the regional and her event or whatever. She was also really good in, in track and ran like 5-0 something. And she was close to finishing on the podium in track so i think they're off to a really good start i think they're a top 10 type team they're probably a little bit back from the podium what's your uh what's your team in that in that group of 10 so for in the 11 to 20 group uh i'm, I'm going a little bit backwards on the rankings i didn't know if you which one you want to do first but i got center grove at number 17 and there's shelbyville number six INCC stats has them making the state meet at 52.7%. So just over half. Um, and again, going with the theme of the teams that I picked, they returned six from a team that was only 17 points away from state in what I would consider the toughest semi-state most years. Uh, Mary Hodges leads that group. She was all state in the 800 in track. Um, they also have a great sophomore class. So they have good young depth and they could have one or two front runners, depending on how far up you consider a front runner. Um, and again, the good track season. So they're on that border in the Shelbyville semi-state. Um, and we'll, we'll talk about a few of those other teams, but they, they have a great shot to make the and state meet. Part of that 52% is that there's one of the four regionals that leads to the Shelbyville semi-state. That's much more difficult than the others there's essentially no chance that center Grove doesn't get out, but you had to finish in the top five at the other regional, which has Carmel. It's a little bit easier now than it would have been five years ago when Hamilton Southeastern and Fishers were both in it. But that, that semi that regional rather leading to the semi-state has Carmel, Noblesville, North central, um, those are the top teams, but it's, it's going to be hard for maybe a team that's uh, behind center Grove that may be just as good like park Tudor um, or cathedral or, or teams like that uh, to, it's going to be harder for them to make it out. And center Grove can really pinpoint for one week. And that's, that's a huge advantage. And don't forget that Chittard is also in their regional. So that's another team that has a lot of X factors that, could, could yeah, change and that, that, that Noblesville regional, whereas, you know, Center Grove is definitely going to make it to the semi-state. And when, when the INCC stats site has the uh, percentage chances to make it, that's a, that's a simulation or, or thousands upon thousands of simulations of the tournament. And so in some of those simulations, Park Tudor, who might beat Center Grove at the semi-state, isn't there. And so it, it, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. You see this 
all the time on the boys and the girls side that a team that could make the state meet one or two of them gets knocked out at the at the regional and that's one or two fewer teams that uh center grove or franklin central or whoever doesn't have to worry about and and so my final take and thought on uh center grove is that they have a great recipe to have a great xc season and a great team um and a chance to break a nine-year state meet drought yeah and they had a really good you mentioned the Mary Hodges had a good track season. They just had an overall good track season. And I think that's really, really important. High school kids are going to be motivated by competition and be motivated by how good the team can be more than anything else. And being able to carry that momentum over from a good track season, even if one of the reasons that their track team was so good were, were sprinters or field event athletes that aren't even going to be there in cross country, just being in that environment for an extra three or four months, especially after having four months of no team practices, that's that's important. Uh, we'll take a quick break and then we'll come back with our uh, podium contenders and title contenders. All right, we are back. I have, uh, or we have identified nine teams that we consider to be podium contenders, but not necessarily title contenders. And we've got a couple title contenders as well. We'll go alphabetical order here. One of the teams we mentioned, because they are ranked number 11, we'll go alphabetical order for our podium contenders, talk briefly about each team, maybe give them a minute or so, um, and then talk about title contenders. So first of our podium contenders from the New Prairie semi-state, one of two teams from that semi-state that we consider to be a chance, based on what we know now, uh, a chance to finish in the top five, and that's Chesterton. What do we know about Chesterton, Josh? So on the number side, uh, Chesterton is given a 15% chance to be top five. And I think you mentioned that, but just want to clarify again that these now percentages are for their chances at a medal on the podium, top five. Uh, so they're given 15%. Uh, they have a front runner in Bailey Ranta who had a great season last year, um, aside from a state meet, which as we know, Tara Haute takes some victims, Laverne Gibson takes some victims, uh, but she had a great track season and she'll be back. And they have six back uh, from their team last year with a lot of seniors. So a lot of experience for a possible podium contender. And a good, a good team with a good coach, a good culture and a good coach trying to combine those into one word. Um, a, a front runner, you know, Ranta's is scoring fewer than 10 points at the state meet. That's huge. I wouldn't call that, I guess, scoring four, but if your first athlete's only given you seven or eight points, and it takes about 200 to score, that's, that's a really, really good start. Ranta had an excellent track season. They scored in the four by eight. I think they were sixth maybe at the state meet, and then Ranta came back and scored in the, in the 3,200. Uh, their coach was on the Chesterton teams in their heyday in the late 90s, early O's, uh, I believe. And so I, I – had said earlier, well, maybe 20% um, is a good cutoff for that. They've got the same percentage chance as Floyd, but for whatever reason, I just, I like Chesterton's chances 
better. Mm. Uh, next team on our podium contenders, they're they're pretty high up there, I'd imagine. Franklin Central, I think they were sixth last year or seventh. They were they had a very very good team. Uh, their, their number one runner was a freshman. What are the what percentage chance do they have? So stats gives them a twenty six percent chance at top five. That seems and they're they're sixth on stats. And yes, they were sixth at the state meet last year, thirty two points away from the podium last year. Um, so twenty six percent chance, and they have the sixth best chances uh, as of right now. I'm sorry, there there are actually a couple teams behind them that have better chance. So they have the seventh best percent right now at the top five. So number six on INCC stats, but that the INCC stats is more of a like your five best, whereas the the simulations are going to reward depth more often. They this is another one of kind of the top programs, certainly one of the top ten programs year in and year out uh, in the state. They made it last year, didn't make it in twenty nineteen, made it in twenty eighteen. And there was a lull there. Um, it's a team that in the last 10 years has, has finished in the top five. Uh, I believe it's Des Jean, Dejean, maybe, Ella Dejean. She's a freshman. She was all state last year. They've got, they've got a runner named uh, Abby Adams, which is that's just a cool name. Mm-hmm. Um, a, lot of their, a lot of their girls are back. They're a well-coached team. They take it seriously year-round. It's, it's very obvious. They're solid in the track season. Uh, they've got continuity there. Matt coaches them year round. I just, I, I like, I like their chances. I like Franklin yeah. Central's chances to be, and I think the, to be the sixth best team, but only have like a 25, 26% chance. I think that shows outside of the top three teams, how close a lot of these teams are, maybe even outside of the top two that it's it's pretty it's pretty snug in there they're giving a lot of teams chances or bigger chances at that top five or last four spot or whatever right based on based on what we know now and last year there were the top the top two both scored under like 100 points or the winning team carmel scored like 50 some point 52 yeah it was 52 to 77 so and i think third place columbus north wasn't a ton either it was like 150 yeah 168 so those other teams typically 200 is is pretty average for for fifth and the the fourth and fifth teams were were way higher than that because the first two teams weren't taking any points and i I could tell you actually over the past uh eight years so since the state meet format or not the format the advancement changed from top 15 individuals to top 10 on non-advancing teams the uh average fifth place team scores 206 points okay at, at and, state on the girls side and last year franklin central 269 and that was six that's that's not a typical that's more of an eighth or ninth uh but it, when it's that top heavy the points have got to come somewhere else right you've got a set number of points and so when the top few don't take that many um that's that's how math works yeah uh, next team, a team that, that we've been very familiar with over the last several years. I think they've got four years in a row of finishing in the top two, at least. And that is Fort Wayne Carroll. So yeah, Fort Wayne Carroll, they right now are 30% to be top five. Um, and they're seventh on INCC stats and they actually, what was that? So they, yeah, they have, I mean, they're, they're going to, they have a great chance to be at the state meet, um, but 
like you said, they've been there a lot the last few years and maybe have a slight drop off with uh, losing top seniors, but they still have a great chance to be on the podium. Yeah, I think one of the challenges will be when you've been a contender for four or five years in a row, and that's all you know, it's hard to go from being the best to be super motivated to finish in the top five. And so that's a challenge for the girls to navigate and the new coach, Phil, Phil Yoder, retired, um, and he's now getting into administration. And so they've got a, a new coach. Uh, I think it was the boys' assistant coach, somebody that's familiar with the program and familiar with the traditions um, of, of the school and the team. But that's, yeah, that's an, that's an added challenge for Carol is that when you're, when you're not a contender, how, how different is that? And so that's, and that'll it, be what's interesting to watch this year for them. And they've been top two at state the last six years. So it could be new. Six parents. in a row. Wow. Yeah. That's, so it could that's, be new. That's a run. I mean, that's, mm. that's other than Carmel, I imagine that's almost unmatched. There was a Valpo girls team that, that finished in the top two, I think for, somewhere between six and eight years. Um, and we'll, we'll get to Valpo in just a second, but six years in a row in the top two is, is pretty significant. And I think in a lot of those, they were, they were probably, a, they didn't win every single one, but they were a, like last year they didn't win, but they were a legitimate contender. They're going into that week thinking if we run well, uh, we've got a shot. And they, they did run well and, and Carmel just ran better. Uh, next team on our podium contenders, Hamilton Southeastern. They're always in the mix. They were in the mix last year. Didn't run as well um, at the state meet. They had at least one casualty at the top of their at the top of their depth chart. Uh, what was what do the stats say about them this this year? Stats is giving uh, HSC a forty percent chance to be top five right now, which is the fourth highest they're giving a team. And the last time that. Uh, HSC was top five was 2018. So only three years ago. And that was actually the second one in a row. So they do have a recent history of that top five. They finished as high as second. I mean, that's been a while. I think that might've been when you were in high school. Yeah. 2013. Yeah. So you're, that would have been your senior year, um, senior year of cross country. I'm actually looking at the Hamilton County junior high results and it doesn't look like they're going to get an impactful freshman in here. There was a girl that went to Hamilton Southeastern Junior High who finished third, but she's only in sixth grade. So they're, they're still a ways off from, from getting her in there. Losing Hallie Hill, obviously, is, is going to be challenging. But this is, this is just a really solid team. They're good every year. Uh, they can measure themselves against some of the best teams in the state, being at a lot of the same meets as Carmel and Noblesville. Um, Fishers, which is they, they share a school district. Uh, Fishers is pretty high, not a podium contender for us, but, but pretty high. I think they'll be, I think they'll be solid as usual. Uh, our next team, Noblesville. So Noblesville, uh, right around where HSE is, they're at 39%. And, and remember, HSE and Noblesville are now in different semi-states. So that, those percentages might take into account the different uh, routes that they take. Um, and they, I was going to look up their history, but you, you can, if whatever, whatever your thoughts are on Noblesville. Go ahead. So, Noblesville to me is a team that is just brimming with potential. Their girls have dominated, maybe not necessarily the team score, but a lot of the top individuals over the last 
two or three years at the Hamilton County Junior High meet have been from either Noblesville East or Noblesville West. And then when that's the case, there's almost no question of where they're going to school versus if they go to one of the four middle schools in Hamilton Southeastern, we don't know if they're going to HSC or Fishers. And even if they're one of the three middle schools in Carmel Clay schools, there's a chance that one of those kids is gonna to go to Burbuff or is gonna to go to Guerin. And that's just not really the case with Noblesville. Um, very few or any of the Noblesville kids go to Garen, even though Garen's in Noblesville and almost none of them go to Burbuff. And so they've got all of them there. They were really good two years ago. And then last year, their freshmen were the best runners. I, I don't think they ran particularly well at the state meet, but I, I don't think that there's a correlation necessarily from one year to the next if you run poorly at the state meet. I think the opposite is true. I think if you run well, individually or teams if you run well at the state meet you're likely to repeat that the next year but i don't think if you run poorly at the state meet that you're likely to repeat that i think you've got a, a good chance to to do better get some experience and perform uh at a higher level the next year and so i just i think they're a team with a with a good chance to finish in the top five maybe more so than any of the teams we've mentioned so far mm -hmm. And that, and one thing I want to mention about Noblesville is that uh, their team that had their first five from last year's state meet, all freshmen and sophomores. And so th this is the first team where I'm getting an early look at the 2022 rankings, but they're actually third uh, on INCC stats, very early look 2022 rankings with a 57% chance at a medal there and 11% chance to win. And that's, that's two years from now, but it, and on the boys two years ahead, that's, those are pretty accurate or can be um, on the girls. Like the, the ones, so two years ahead means the only ones on there are juniors and seniors. The, the podium, the five podium teams are not only going to score juniors and seniors in 2022, right? right? Right. But the middle school county champion, Hamilton County champion went to Noblesville East and she finished 20 seconds ahead of her closest competitor. Mm. So they're getting a, at least one more. And then sixth yeah. and seventh place at the Hamilton County Junior High Meet were also eighth graders. So three of the top seven from the Hamilton County Junior High Meet will be going to Noblesville. Now, I don't know. Do some of them play soccer? Um, in Hamilton County, most of the junior highs don't offer soccer. So a lot of the kids will, will run cross country, do club soccer because cross country is like four days a week anyways. And then when they get to high school, they may not. For instance, I know the, num the number two girl at the Hamilton County junior high meet went to clay middle school, which leads to Carmel and she's going to play soccer. Um, so I, I don't know if all of them are going to run, but they're certainly all going to go to Noblesville high school. Right. And so that's, they're just even restocking with more new talent. A reload um, on a reload. Right. To add. Yeah, they don't, <laughs> they're, They've got a fully loaded gun and they're just putting more bullets into it. That, yeah. And I think that it's, it's, we'll talk about the NBA in just a second, maybe with our miscellaneous minute, if there's time, but it's, it's like a good team. It's like the warriors. It's like a good team getting even more draft picks. They didn't need it. And maybe not all of these girls are going to be great and have great seasons and great state meets, but the more options you get, the more bites at the apple that you get as a team, the, the better off you're going to be. And that's, other than you know then potentially our top two that might be the deepest team uh next team north central we had them at number 11 
So we did talk about them or at least mention their, their ranking. Uh, first year back at the state beat in a long time last year for North Central and they were fifth and they, I think they were only one or two points away from fourth. And that was the first time they've been on the podium in a long time. What are their odds to get back this year? 9% to be back on the podium. I like their chances. I guess, I guess I did, I'm not following my own guidelines of 20%. Um, and they're not as high as one of my handpicked favorites in Floyd Central, but they they finished in the top five last year, and they had a, they had a girl finish fourth, and she's not there anymore. But essentially, the rest of the team is back. Um, it's that's hard. Only to... has them at sixteenth, by the way. And I know that's stats, but the INCC stats, but yeah. So it's hard. It's hard to finish in the top five if you don't have an athlete in the top 25. Um, now you were on a team in high school. Well, I guess one of our guys was 24 and we won. We, our first guy was 24. So I guess we had one guy in the top 25, but that's, it's, it's hard to nickel and dime your way. It's more of a track term, but Fishers did it one year on the girls, but to have everybody finish after 40th or 45th, that's really, really tough. And that would need to be the route that North Central takes. But they had a ton of girls run 12 flat. And if they can translate that into cross-country success and be deep, and their fifth girl finishes 70th or 75th, and they get full five between 40th and 80th, I, I think they've got, a, they've got a shot. But obviously, they were the only one outside of the top 10 that we're mentioning. So I, I don't think they've, I don't think they've got a great chance. But you know, 10% is not nothing. And I, I'd give them better than a 10% chance, but it's like the Garen thing. I'm friends with their coach. And so maybe I, you know, I can acknowledge my bias there. Yeah. And that's okay. <laughs> uh, next one. This is a very interesting team to me. This is like, this is like the Noblesville team and that's Northview. And so Northview, our first po uh, podium contender from the Brown County semi-state they're at 13 and a half percent. And they're another team that all seven from last year's state meet team are back. And then again, the next year they'll, they'll all be back. So a crazy young and deep team. And I think they're getting one more in. I'm not entirely sure. Sometimes I get, I get confused about middle school names because they don't always have the same names and then there's also a northview middle school but that's an indian that leads to north central which is the team we just talked about so uh that can that can be confusing they northview looked a lot better in august than they did in october uh part of that is they were at that laverne early early meet and the the they had a bunch of freshmen at the top of their depth chart and the, or the, the adjusted rankings from the first meet are just, they're not good. They're not accurate. There's not enough data on them. And even when they get enough data, it just doesn't adjust much. And I just end up throwing those out, especially when I talk about this team's best meet was the state meet or uh, this individual's best meet was the state meet. And I use the caveat of besides that first week, because it's just not, it's just not accurate. Even looking at uh, Burbuff and, and Carmel on the boys' side last year, ran at that meet. And I can tell you that our guys, this is eye test and not advanced stats. 
like almost all of our guys that said that was their best meet and it wasn't. I mean, we just showed up. The guys hadn't run hard on the grass at all. Uh, they, they, they ran hard and they, they did pretty well, but our guys did not run better there than they ran at Flash Rock or at the state meet or at the Laverne Twilight meet. It, it wasn't even close, but the stats say it was because the av- it's based on the whole average and the average runner in Indiana doesn't come in in shape and doesn't run that much over the summer and kind of races themselves into shape. So the average kid is terrible on August 14th or August 15th. Whereas the good teams, the teams are going to make the state meet. Those kids have been running in June and July. So they're in decent shape and it, it skews the data there. Um, and Northview is a good team and they're, they're well coached. Mm-hmm. So I, I think, I think Northview is a high variance team. They have a very high ceiling. They could come in and hit it. Ginnister Grant could finish fifth at the state meet, but I could also see Northview being a team that makes the state meet each of the next three years, but finishes 15th to 21st every time. I think those are both, those are both realistic outcomes for them. Mm -hmm. And I think you, you'd said they, they were all freshmen and sophomores last year or mainly freshmen and sophomores. Yeah. They made the state meet the year before with essentially all freshmen and then added more freshmen on top of that. Right. Like their entire team that's on INCC stats from last year, freshmen and sophomores. Yeah. And I think, I don't know if I mentioned it this year on the, on the stats, but their coach is Tim rail. And he's, he's just a really interesting guy. He knows like we have, uh, a, a loose connection. He knows Derek Leininger really well. He, Derek was his assistant coach at East Noble when Derek was like in college. And then Derek was, is one of my best friends and, you know, runs in me and a runner. Um, so I, I don't know him very well, but I know he's good. And Tim rail was a longtime coach at DeKalb in Northern Indiana, and they did have a podium team. And so he, he knows what he's doing um he he knows how to to periodize their training and, and get them to the state meet and, and run well um so I, I just think that's that's really interesting i think he works at like the district office as like a superintendent and gets special permission essentially to coach and he's coached a lot of these girls when they were in middle school and so he'll have worked with some of these kids for five six or even even seven years it just it's an interesting team to me yeah great continuity so like right we right and that's like we talked about that's that's very valuable uh, next team, I think this is a team with a really good chance to make the podium, and that's Valparaiso. And uh, stats is giving them twenty six percent to make the podium. I feel like I say every time that's too high, so maybe I'm just <laughs> not every team can be above fifty percent. That's not the way that right. it works. And we'll get into our <laughs> top two, which are well above fifty percent. Um, they got a great front runner in Ava Juliana. Um, she she's an excellent 800 meter runner uh she's got a top 25 performance in that she's just outside the top 25 all time in the 1600 but she's not just a mid-distance runner i mean she was in the top 15 last year i think she was 11th or 12th um that gives them a really really good start uh one of the i call them blue blood programs i think that's more of a college basketball term but you know other than carmel valparaiso may have uh, may have the second best program, you know, over the 40 years of girls cross country in Indiana. Uh, Columbus North is in there. We'll talk about them in a little bit. 
uh, Carol's made a good a good uh, chance, um, made a, made a good resume to be maybe that number two program uh, just over the last five years or so. Um, and and they're in, they're in a weaker semi-state. I think they're clearly the class of the Northwest semi-state, the New Prairie semi-state. I I think I had Valpo fifth. Oh, I'm not supposed to say it. <laughs> Stay tuned. If you're listening to this Sunday Scratch night that. before Scratch we release that. it on Tuesday, yeah, <laughs> there's gonna be one long. If I can figure out how to do the one long bleep, <laughs> um, I I really like I really like Valpo's chances. Mm. Th- these are in alphabetical order, but I think the last two teams are the ones that I probably like the best outside of the of the the, the top two this year. Mm. Um, and then our last podium contender. We, we don't consider them to be a title contender. Uh, I don't think INCC stats necessarily considers them to be a title contender. But if we're talking about blue blood programs, I mean, it's it's really only been the last 10 years since Suzanne Rigg came in. Um, and she's since retired. And now Chelsea Patterson's the coach. And Chelsea does an excellent job with them. And that's Zionsville. Zionsville was fourth last year. Um, I think they've got a really good chance. They've got to be above 30%, right, to finish on the podium. Yes, they're forty nine percent. They're they're pretty deep. Um, they've got a they've got a potential front runner in Kirsten Hill, who didn't score in the thirty two hundred, um, but was was good all season. She's in our top twenty five um, for the individual rankings that'll come out kind of later in this next week before August first meets on August fourteenth. Uh, Hill was only 44th last year at the state meet. I don't think she ran her best race there. I think she was certainly one of the 25 best girls for a lot of the season. She ran really well in the semi-state. I just, I think she'll be solid. I think Chelsea does a really good job with those girls. Um, they've got a really good culture. You know, Suzanne was, was an excellent coach. She's not going to qualify for the hall of fame. Cause she just didn't, she didn't do it long enough. You've got to uh, have done it for a certain amount of years but uh, certainly has their credentials to, to do it. And I, I, I like, I'm, I'm not going to call them a lock because anything could happen. I don't think that they're getting um, any, any heavy hitters as, as freshmen, but uh, I, I really, I really like their chances. I, I just, I'm, and they've got five, they were fourth last year and their top five girls are back. No, well, so they're, they're another team that all seven are back. Yeah. Yeah. So, and they've, they, they've got one, they've got a likely top 25 on there. And I think sometimes when I'm doing, going through the rankings and I, there's a girl that finishes in the top 25 the year before, and maybe she just kind of went out in the, in the same way that it, a, a girl could finish fourth in the disc. And maybe she's not really one of the 10 best disc throwers in the state. It is possible. I mean, it's much harder in distance running than it is in a technical event, like the shot of the disc um, or even the long jump to go out and pop one, but there's, there's girls that finish in the top 25 and it's like, well, if you finish in the top 25, I clearly need to rank you in the top 25 coming back, but I don't know how high of a likelihood I give them to come back and finish in the top 25. They didn't have a very good track season and their uh, cross country season. They weren't in the top 25 all year. Kirsten Hill, I I think is, is solid. I think she'll, she'll be up there. Uh, I, I give, What'd you say their percentage was in the forties? Forty nine. Okay, I, I, I'd give them somewhere between sixty and seventy. 
Uh, and I don't, I don't want to get into like Bill Simmons where you do the percentage chance of something. And it's like, oh, he's only 86% back from his injury. And you're not, yeah, that anything. yeah. But like, I, if someone gave me even money, uh, I would probably take that. Uh-huh. Yeah. The, the if you give me even money on Zionsville girls to finish in the top five of the state meet, I'm I'm taking that. I'm a I'm a big Zionsville fan. Okay. Uh those are those are our podium contenders. We had nine, and then we have an additional top two. So we don't consider any of them to be title contenders. But again, it's in girls cross country, somebody could swing in with three that we don't know about and be there right away. Uh gosh, it wasn't too long ago that the cathedral girls one of their best girls' sister could have gone to Cathedral, ended up going to Chittard, but had she gone to Cathedral, they would have been a, a, a title contender. Um, and I don't know if we even had them in our top 25 going. So let's take a quick break, and then we're going to talk about our top title contenders. There's only two. All right. And we're back. We've got what we call two title contenders. I've labeled one a contender and I've labeled one a favorite. And we'll get into, let's do percentage to finish on the podium. And let's also do their chances to win the title. Our first, our, well, our contender, our first of two, Columbus North. Columbus North was third last year. And uh, we'll talk about their numbers and then we'll talk about why those aren't accurate at all. Yeah, so they're they're given seventy eight percent chance of the top five on stats, and only 70, I'm locking them in podium lock, <laughs> and then only seven point uh, seven percent chance at a state championship. Okay, here's why that's higher. Columbus North has eight back ahead of Carmel's fifth on INCC stats, but it's not score eight; it's score five. Carmel's fifth being behind Columbus North's fifth, she, she ain't going to be that far back, right? I mean, Carmel's fifth girl is not going to finish 130. Um, but Columbus North has gotten in a, a move-in. I, wa- I want to say transfer, but it's not a transfer. It's a move-in. She's moved from California. All reports, and I, I know this to be accurate, all reports are that she will be far and away their number one runner this year. Two of Columbus North girls are in our top 25 preseason rankings toward, toward the, the back, probably like 21st and 24, something like that. So now and she's not one of them. She's not one of them. Cause I don't know her name. I just know that there's a girl that moved from California with some credentials that is, has had past success and it's reported that she will be their number one runner. So if Columbus North has three in the top 25 and their depth is better than Carmel's, uh, I think they're getting in one. If I look through the Brown County Junior High meet results, they have one, and I'm almost positive she's going to run this um, eighth grader from last year. They had one that, that finished pretty high up at the Brown County meet the junior high Brown County meet and uh, her last name is Newell. So I'm imagining that her sister's on the, the girls team her sister was the, the, was the top returner from last year. Um, 
and her brother's one of the best boys in the state. So I, I'd imagine that she's going to run. So you factor her in, add that to the depth. They have eight ahead. You can't run eight, but they've got eight ahead of, of Carmel's fifth on INCC stats, plus um, the, the move in and uh, the, the younger Newell. I mean, if they've got 10 ahead of Carmel's fifth, I, they've, got a be, they've got a better than 7.7 chance to win the title. It's not 50-50. I thought I thought Carmel and Carol girls heading into the state meet. Um, the stats said Carmel had like a sixty to seventy percent chance to win going in. I thought Carol had a, had about a fifty percent chance to win, um, and I was, I mean, I guess I wasn't wrong. Well, I mean, Carmel has a hundred percent chance to win. It already happened, but yeah, <laughs> uh, Carol had a girl that I said if she runs well, they've got a 50-50 chance to to win. Uh, she did run well, and, and the Carmel girls were just were just better. You got well, any other crazy. thoughts on Columbus North? Um, other, I mean, you you cut or you put in what I was going to say. They lost their number; they'll lose their number one. But it sounds like they're just going to gain their number one back, where that person would have essentially been. Um, and then, like you yeah, said, and I don't, I don't know their if next she's eight at the, from stats are back. Yeah, I don't know if she's at the exact level of Mackenzie Barnett, but I I've heard it's it's relatively close. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's also a transition too. that it's not like we can just take if this, if this girl ran 1050 over 3,200 or whatever, there's going to be a huge transition and a huge adjustment for her to move in and, and um, run. But yeah, it's, it's better than, it's better than 7.7. 7. I, yeah. I think it could be more and like I'll, 25. Or and 20%. I'll add on, I'll add on to the Columbus North, like as much as they can be, I feel like they, they have been underrated and always overperform whatever their expectation is. They boys and girls, it seems like over the past, the past few years. Um, yeah. Like few and that's, being like 30. What? Few being oh, like yeah, 30 yeah. years. Yeah. Right. 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 Um, so they, they always have that going for them. And I, I see that continuing. Yeah. I mean, they're a podium lock and we'll just, we'll see how they can, We'll see how they can match up against Carmel. And that is our, that is our favorite. Again, I'm, I'm biased. I teach at Carmel. I live in Carmel. My son's first words were go hounds. Um, Carmel has four in INCC stats, top 25. They have a probably better than an 80% chance to win, right? If the number two team is 7.7. And the rest yeah. of them are like one or two percent, right? Right. So they're yeah, they're at eighty-five percent chance to win. So Columbus North has the better depth. Sometimes people, I've seen this in cross country. There have been meets where I was coaching, and and um, people have come up to us and come up to me afterwards and be like, "Oh man, yeah, we lost a close one." And I would be like, "What are you talking about? We we dominated." And they're like, "No, no, 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 no. The the team in the green jerseys." Their fifth finished in front of our fifth. And I was like, well, our fourth finished in front of their first. So um, it's, a, it's not where your fifth runner finishes. It's adding up the top five. And that's why, even though based on what we've seen on uh, returners, Columbus North's depth is better, eight in front of Carmel's fifth. But Carmel's got four ahead of Columbus North's number one. Now, that's also super close in there. So I, I think in our uh, season preview, the top three girls from Carmel were between like 11th and 15th. 
And then um, two Columbus North girls were in the 20s. And then Carmel's fourth girl is 25th on INCC stats. And I had her honorable mention. Mm -hmm. So they're all kind of right in there that uh, it's, it's really close. And that, it, that bears out over 25,000 simulations. Right. Um, and I think you're right that the, the percentages would, sh should be a little more even like Carmel, maybe a little bit down Columbus North, a little bit up. Um, right. just based based on that depth up top from both teams yeah and, and i i don't think i don't see carmel getting four ahead of columbus north one at the state meet even right. even right. without without including this uh move in um carmel's getting based on the junior high results three of the top Six, I think, were from Carmel. One of them's playing soccer. So, and and two of them were were running times, and the times are accurate because I, the the course at Brown County and the course at Noblesville, where these uh, eighth graders are running their meets, those are pretty similar. So Columbus North's getting one potentially scoring freshman. Uh, Columbus North is getting one. Carmel is getting two. So. The odds are, are there with Carmel. Um, you know, I, I think Carmel's got, I think Carmel's got the, the best chance. Um, but I, I don't, I don't think it's a runaway. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's like some of the past years where, where Carmel had five in the top 25 and, and they Carmel scores 40 at the state meet. And then, you know, HSE or Columbus North scores 180. And there's a huge gap. I, I think that there's there will be meets this year where it, it'll be close. I think it could be, I, I think it could be basically a reverse of what happened last year in the boys' side. Where if if Carmel has a runner um, that has to sit out with an injury or, or whatever or is sick, and they Carmel goes up against Columbus North, I think that that the Columbus North girls could make it really, really close. But if Carmel's on all cylinders and all their girls are running at the state meet, Carmel's probably going to win. And that was the reverse of last year with the boys. Right. We ran Columbus North pretty, pretty close early on. And then when they added those, the guy back that they were missing, it was, it wasn't as close at the, at the state yeah. meet. You, that seems the if, most likely outcome to me. Yeah. You'd say if both teams have the right people on the line that at the, on the starting line at the state meet that Carmel probably has the edge. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably say maybe like 75 25. Mm. I don't think it's 85 7. Mm. Right. Right. Yeah. Like stats gives it. Right. Very skewed. Let's quickly run through our individuals. I know I think I said half hour and we're like over an hour. And <laughs> uh, we always do this. Hey, pause the podcast if you're busy. Pause it and come back later. You don't have to listen to the full full hour. You don't, yeah, you don't. Bill Simmons does three-hour podcasts. He splits them into two, and people pause them, and they come back, you know, listen to it for 15 minutes while you're driving your car. Uh, this is an unbelievable year at the top of the girls. Um, I, I think you and I had texted about this, that the girls' elite is unbelievable, and the boys' depth is unbelievable. So the girls, five best girls, we've never seen anything like this. And then probably boys one through 30, we've never seen anything like this. Girls aren't quite as deep as, as that, but there's really two nationally elite boys 
there are five at least nationally elite girls. I'm going to go through them kind of last name. Um, we can do this over, you know, just about five or 10 minutes. Uh, although this, eh, I don't know if this is ranked order either. Uh, Lily Cridge, unbelievable spring. Best girl last year in the fall. It's kind of hard to dispute that. The stats bear that out, but but she didn't run in the tournament, right? Right. Um, Corinna James. Corinna James is ranked fifth on INCC stats. I don't have her fifth on my individual preview, but tune into Indiana Runner if you want how, to see. How rare or, that the, the cross-country state meet champion from the year before would be would be fifth on on stats. Yeah, I mean, I I'm not gonna get mad at numbers. I mean, that's what the that's numbers true. bear out, right? But right. I, I think it's pretty clear <laughs> that she's the best, she's the best racer in the state. She was unbeaten last year. And in the we never found out what she could do in the track season either because she doubled at the state meet. Her best event probably was the 3,200, but she ran both. So she ran the 16 and the 32. Um, and she didn't go to either of the showcase meets. So we didn't get to see what she could do fresh over 3,200. And, and she may have won the one at the Carmel Showcase. Cridge didn't win. Kennedy, Sophia Kennedy won that. Um, but, but James may very well have won. I think she was fourth at the state meet in the 3,200 on the double. And it was like 90 degrees Celsius that day. I mean, it was just, it was ridiculous. Um, so I, I think INCC stats on their preseason rankings has her like 40 seconds back of Cridge. So yeah, yeah, pretty much. I think part of that is she being just such a racer that she's probably not running as hard as she can in a lot of those meets, and that that would harm her rating if she's doing that at, at essentially every meet. Uh, Sophia Kennedy, very consistent, great potential. Uh, somebody texted me today and and were, was asking about the preseason top twenty five and asked if I had her second. I don't. Um, but she was fifth as a freshman. That was a surprise her freshman year. She was fifth as a sophomore, and it wasn't a surprise. That, that seemed about right. I think she's got the fourth or fifth best all-time performance in the 3,200, and she's, she's really, really good. Mm-hmm. Anything to add? And remember, she was third in the 3,200 as uh, past track season. Yeah, at the state meet. And I, I think she didn't run as well at the state meet as she ran in the regional, but she's run like, 10 13 or 10 14 right. or whatever in any other year a girl that runs 10 13 or 10 14 yeah and we talked about that right we talked about that in the in the track the track podcast right and like she's her. the runaway favorite in any other year but uh yeah not not this year and this this may be the new this may be the new normal um with what we know about nutrition and training and, and technology and, and shoes and, and things like that that um it may be that we have multiple girls run under 10 20 every year um nikki sutherland i put untapped potential with with a question mark she got a lot of experience in her freshman year i picked her to win the state meet um she didn't win i think she was ninth or tenth but i'd heard that she had 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 some injuries leading up to and didn't get Uh to run much those last two weeks and then the track season she put in top 25 all-time performances um in both the eight and the 16, she's, she's good at both of those, but she's also really good at cross country. Right. Right. And we're going to talk about with our last person too, but I kind of just looking at the individuals, it's, it's crazy to see the first three that you just mentioned 
have a very, very strong distance aerobic um, strength to their, to their racing. And these last two, maybe a little more speed, but obviously also have the cross country stamina to perform. Right. Yeah. Cause it's, we get into these last two who are superior runners over 800 and even 1600 meters, but it's not, it's not like they run 208 and then they finished 50th in cross country and we're totally enamored by what they did on the track. And we're saying, well, if they can just translate that success, they've already done that. They've already been in the top five or top 10 rather at the state meet. And then the last one is, is Addison Wiley. Um, She may be the best girl in the country in mid distance over eight and 1600 uh, but she was six last year, and I, I don't know if she's going to play soccer. My advice to her probably would be to have fun. It's your senior year. Do play soccer. You enjoy it. You're probably the best girl on your high school team. You've got more time to focus on this when you get to college and go to whatever school you want in the entire country. Um, Did she play soccer the, the, all three years, all her first three years? She, she definitely played as a junior then this, she did not play basketball this year, and she focused more on, uh, focused exclusively on running. And we saw that in those indoor meets, she popped off three um, top performances across those, the 800, 1600, and 3200. And they were like almost all time state best, at least indoor state best. And then she kind of hibernated for a while. And then going to the state meet, we were like, well, you know, I don't know. We I don't know what we've seen from her. I don't know what's up. And then she went out and dominated both of those and then found more meets to run faster and break the right. state, break the state uh, records over 800 and 1600. And I would have been interested to see what she could do over 3,200, but we didn't, yeah. we didn't get a chance. Um, but Lily Cridge is still in high school and so is Corinna James. And, and she, you know, Addie's a senior this year, so. I think all five of these girls are, are potential it's nationally a, elite. Now, all five of them aren't going to make five. it. All five won't make it to Portland because it's only five, and there's got to be somebody from Illinois, somebody from Michigan. But you know, I I wouldn't be I wouldn't be shocked if if they can all run well and they're motivated and they get someone encouraging them. Like I'll do it right now. If you're listening, go to Foot Locker if they have it. Go to Foot Locker and see if you can make it out. Like whatever it takes to motivate yourself to run through Thanksgiving, because that is a once in a lifetime experience. And I, I definitely, there have been years where uh, two or three boys or two or three girls made it to Foot Locker, but certainly never five from Indiana in the same year. And these, these five are that, they're that good. I don't know if you want to spoil anything from the individual list that isn't out yet, but do you have a favorite? Or do you want I to mean, it's, it would be Kridger and 1003. Okay. That's, it would be yeah. like it's really, really tough to not take the defending champion number one. Um, so tune in and see what we pick. Yeah. But uh, these are, I think, it, it would be tougher if it would be tougher if James had beaten a full field last year. But uh, but Cridge didn't run. So now if Cridge had run and even if something, you know, if she were injured or sick or whatever and finished 10th instead of finishing first, I, I think I would, I would probably think that through that differently, but, but Cridge didn't run at all. Right. So, yep. 
All right, man. Hey, this is a long one. Uh, we'll skip the miscellaneous minute. Let's call it there. But uh, we, we plan that to works. be back uh, relatively soon uh, with maybe a boys podcast. And then we'll, we'll check in back through the year. So you we've been two years out of the podcast game, but you invited me on to yours, kind of explained to me how to do it. So I want to thank you for that. Of course. Yeah. Right. Thanks for having me on for the girls preview. Looking forward to the boys one. All right. Thanks, Josh. Yep. See ya.